Yo guys, what is up? Welcome to Synthopsis episode 6. I am Jamal, your host. Remixes. We are talking all about remixes. Uh, so enjoy. Here's a little intro and then we'll get going. Welcome. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving if you were in America. If you are not in America, then I hope you had a great Thursday. Um, and I feel bad for you guys because you don't get to celebrate the love and joy of Thanksgiving. I'm sorry. All right. So as I said, remixes, uh, we're going to be talking all about them. But first, before we dive in, I have to say a few things right off the bat. But we're going to get into remixes soon. Three things, real quick. First and foremost, I am not dead. I apologize very sincerely. I uh, This episode is uploaded Wednesday. I always try to upload on Sunday. Basically, I went to go see my parents over the weekend. They live in the mountains, literally in the mountains. And we got freezing rain and then a bunch of snow, and I could not leave home. Um, I got here Tuesday evening, and my plan was to record upload Tuesday evening. And then logistically, I just couldn't. Um, so it's Wednesday morning now. It's actually 6 a.m. But I love getting up early, so here we are. Um, but I hope you guys can uh, forgive me. I know no one's like actually like, dude, what the hell's wrong with you? But I mean, you know, try to, you know, it was a bit outside of my power. Uh, but, you know, that's what happened. So I am not dead yet, thankfully. Um, and my mic is still the same. Hopefully this week, I know I said it last week, but uh, hopefully this week I'll get a new mic and then next week's episode will be nice and fancy. Uh, but right now we're still on the old gamer headset mic. And, guys, at the end of this episode, I don't want to give it now because I don't want to, you know, distract you guys. But at the end of this episode, at the beginning of the last five, so near the end, I have a very, very big announcement. Uh, you will want to hear this. If you can't watch, listen to the entire episode now, and you want to hear the announcement, maybe skip. But uh, you will want to hear this, so stay tuned for that. Uh, it's some big, big news. Uh, no BS. All right, so now that's out of the way, let's uh, just dive right into remixes. What are they, you know, what the hell? Why am I talking about remixes? What's, what's the big deal, yo? So here's what we got in the menu. First... Uh, what a remix is. It's a basic question, but you know, you always gotta do the basics. Uh, why remixing is super hard? Because they are super hard. They're not. They're not easy to do. Uh, and we'll talk all about why. What I think makes a bad remix. At the end of the last episode, if you're a diligent listener, um, shame on you for not kidding. 
But uh, at the end of the last episode, I mentioned that I dislike a lot of remixes. So we're going to be talking a lot about why I feel that way. Uh, so what I think makes a bad remix, and and then, surprise, what I think makes a good remix. Um, so, and then uh, after that, we will finish up with the benefits of remixing. And by that I mean how artists can use them to gain notoriety, branch out, and even network with other artists. So, like, other stuff on the side that... Uh, there are a bunch of benefits of remixing, you know. That's what we have on the menu. Uh, so, first and foremost, what is a remix? Uh, the point is really to take a song that you find interesting, you the artist, find interesting, good, or popular, and then put a different spin on it, you know. Maybe uh, reimagine the song in a new style or a new way, you know. Maybe think, oh, this would be kind of cool, or I like the song a lot. I just want to do it in my in my format, like my style, you know, my feel, uh, just to kind of, you know, see what it'd be sound like, and maybe people would appreciate because it it's a cool song. But, you know, it's uh, music is all about mixing and matching and trying new things, and remixing is a great way to do just that. Um, it's different from remastering. We will not be talking about remastering this episode. Remastering is when you take a song and then you touch it up and make it better. You know, maybe there's some rough edges. Maybe it's a song you made early on in your uh, artistic career and you're like, you know, they had some rough edges, but I like it, so I'm going to polish up a bit and boom, here we go. That's remaster. We are not doing remasters now. I don't have an interest in doing an episode on remasters. I think it's kind of too, you know, whatever. Remasters, remaster. I don't think there's too much substance to it. Uh, but remixes are completely different, pretty much. So, uh, that's what rem that's what a remix is. So let's get into what I think is actually a really big deal. Why is remixing difficult? Why is it challenging? And I don't think you'll really realize this if you don't really, really think about it. So let's uh, parse everything that an artist has to uh, try to juggle. I was trying to say that word, but really that's the best word I can think of, juggle, when you're doing a remix, right? First thing, you gotta capture the melody of the original song. If you're doing a remix, it has to sound like the song you're remixing. If it doesn't, you're not remixing a song. You're basically just making a new song. So you're kind of restricted to the previous melody. How loosely or tightly restricted is up to you, but there should be some, you know, there has to be, not should, there has to be some semblance to the previous melody, the original melody. Uh, and since it must capture a melody, it is somewhat confined. I already said that. Um, also, it must, why? My notes are, sorry. Whatever. Uh, so, since it must also capture the essence atmosphere and emotion of a song if that is present uh, which it is in a lot of music of course you know if you have like a really really atmospheric song and then you make a remix and it completely does not make any attempt or fails to capture that atmosphere I think that's pretty bad to be blatantly honest um, you know it's subjective to say how much uh, emotion or essence uh emotion or atmosphere a song has it varies between people but um it's good to try to definitely talk to the original artist if you can to try to understand what they were going for and then you can have a better idea that way instead of just guessing uh, but i think it's important to really try to be on the same page in that sense um remixing artists should make a strong impression 
and clearly let your listeners know right away this is your remix, right? So I think it's really important when you start off a remix, I mean like in the first 5, 10, 15 seconds, to put in some notes that are very indicative of your style to let people know this is my remix. Uh, Because you really only have one song, you know, typically remixes are kind of just singles you throw out there, like, boom, here's a remix. Uh, Whereas in an EP or an album, you have a lot more songs to be original and to kind of sculpt your style so you can be a bit more flexible. But in EP, I think it's good to really make your mark and be like, this is what my music sounds like and this is my remix. Just get it out there quickly. I think that I love when I love when remixes do that. Just let me know right away, this is my remix. And like, oh, cool. You know, I don't have to really look at the title. I can just kind of tell who's, who's doing it. And if I already know the song also, that's fantastic. But, you know, uh, whatever. So you got to worry about that. Uh, also, the original artist may not want you to do certain things, or you, the remix, may not want to do certain things. So there are even more limitations, you know? Like, uh, maybe you have an idea to do a certain thing, but the artist says, you know, that might impede a vision I had originally for my music. You know, like, if you don't, if an artist doesn't want their music to sound dark, and you're a dark synth artist, you know, you can imagine that's going to cause some problems, right? And then all the while, it has to end up sounding good, Right? Music is good when it sounds good. Write that down. That's revolutionary. I just blew all your minds. Music is good when it sounds good. Good. Now you've already written that down. I gave you guys a little time. So we have all these things to deal with. I mean, I have to give a crazy analogy. The best thing I could come up with is... Think of it like you're on the beach, you're having a grand old time, uh, and you're playing in the sand. And then some jackass like me comes up to you and says, Hey... I want you to build me a sand castle. Okay, cool. But uh, it has to be five feet tall. And then you're like, well, I only make wide sand castles. I don't know how to do that. And it has to have windows. And then you're like, I don't know how to make windows. And you can only use one quart of sand. You can't use all the sand on the beach. You only, I can only give you one sand. And then I kick some sand in your face and say, have a great day. I'll be back in five minutes. Let me know when it's finished, you know? I mean... That's kind of what I imagine. It's like you're trying to build this thing, but you have all these limitations. Um, and it sounds rather daunting, honestly. And really, I think that's... Now we're going to segue into why I dislike most remixes. I feel like that's why I dislike most remixes. Because they miss the mark. And they fail to do some or most of the things that I just mentioned that make remixing really difficult. Uh, So let's get into the guts of what I mean by missing the mark. Uh, One example is, like I said, when a song fails to capture the original feel or sound of a song, the parts of a song that make it iconic and memorable and special, you know, especially if there are little jingles of a song that really give it some flair, some extra, you know, that the iconic bits, you can't really afford to cut them out, because then it's like, you're cutting out the, you know, you're cutting out the, like, the filet mignon, you know, if you're, if you're butchering a cow, I'm sorry for you vegans, this is like graphic for you guys, if you're butchering a cow, and then you got the filet mignon, you don't throw that out, you know, like, that's the good stuff, that's the, that's the delicious part, you know, the same for a song, like, you don't just cut out the good parts, you know, like if you were remixing La Perve and then you cut out the keyboard solo, I would, I would yell at you. I would write you a very stern email and be like, why did you do that? Good, sir. I'm very frustrated right now. Uh, but 
Here's an example. Um, Katana Zero, phenomenal game, amazing OST by Bill Kiley uh, and Ludowick. Uh, I'm going to be talking a bit about the soundtrack for that game because they did, the soundtrack is phenomenal, but there was a remix uh, compilation, not compilation, but like a, a new album of remixes that came out. Um, and I'm not a big fan of a lot of them, honestly. I was really disappointed. There are some good ones, but uh, here's the original song, The Third District. And then compared with the remix by Electric Rescue. Frankly, there are so many things I dislike about this remix. I only played, I mean, I can't play the entire thing for the sake of brevity, but I mean, where do I start? You know, the third district is a great song. It has that really nice buildup. Uh, and then it, it's a very simple song. It doesn't have a lot going on, but it's kind of powerful and it has those really strong notes you can hear in the background. And the remix by Electric Rescue doesn't have any of that buildup, and it doesn't even, frankly, even have that same melody. It just kind of sounds like this, like, it just kind of sounds like a mess. I don't know. It doesn't really remind me of the third district, and there's one bit that is completely missing, and it might seem irrelevant, but if you play Katana Zero, uh, you might agree with me on this. The little jingle in the beginning is completely cut out from the original, from the Electric Rescue remix. And that, honestly, I was talking about cutting out, like, important parts of songs. And that really kind of irritates me. Because it's like, in the game, when you load into the stage and you hear that little jingle. Like, your guy jumps in, your dude's a badass samurai. You jump into the stage and you hear that little jingle. This jingle. You know, it's really badass. It, it's it's iconic. Like when I when I have my playlist on shuffle, and I hear that jingle, I'm like, oh shit, it's third district time. You know, like I'm ready. And when you jump into the stage and you hear that, it's just really great. I think that's honestly kind of an iconic part of the song. You could disagree with me. It's kind of it's subjective, but I think it's stuff like that. And it's literally like five seconds long, but I think it's small differences like that that make a big difference. Uh, you know, and I think just having the lack of melody, frankly, I, I kind of very strongly dislike that remix. I don't like, like using the H word, hate, but I uh, very strongly dislike that remix. Um, so another thing why remixes tend to fail to mark is they fail to capture the original atmosphere 
or essence of a song. And uh, atmosphere and emotion are a huge part of music, and it is imperative that remixes do their best to capture this as well in their own unique way. I, you know, if you guys are regular in this podcast, you know how much I love Perturbator. But one of his songs I actually don't like very much is his Halloween rework. I mean, for all intents and purposes, it's a remix. But this song, I mean, it has the melody of Halloween. You can tell it's Halloween, but it's not creepy. It's not, you know, like, it's upbeat and funky, and that's probably what he was going for. But knowing Perturbator, I'm sure he could have made it also kind of creepy if he wanted to. And I feel like there he kind of missed the mark. So here, just take a listen. Um, and another part where I feel like remixes tend to miss the mark is, like I kind of mentioned earlier, is they tend to not sound good. And this is extremely, this is very subjective. This is just, uh, just how I feel. You know, you could look at all the remixes I don't like and completely disagree with me. But I feel like the culprit is really when artists are forced into doing a remix in a style that is not familiar to them, it results in a subpar product. Or if they have to fit a certain mood or atmosphere that is not natural. Limitations can make it challenging. Uh, I don't want to play any songs here because I don't want to really keep picking on anyone. I kind of did it for Electric Rescue just for the sake of making a, a point. You know, not trying to be an ass. But I feel like when there's all these plates to juggle, when you have all these limitations and there's just so much, you know, the, like you're in such a small box, I feel like that really puts a cramp on style as opposed to if you can just make whatever the hell you want you can you know be unchained you can flex you can go super saiyan you can make whatever song you want push your boundaries but when you have a remix you have all to all war of all the things i mentioned earlier and i feel like it just really puts a damper on the overall quality of a lot of remixes you know this is kind of my gut feeling when people re- release remixes i'm be really frank guys i'm not too excited for them uh, I will sometimes listen to them, but, you know, uh, I, they don't really get me going, so. Um, and lastly, I think a bad slash decent remix doesn't take risks, or just doesn't really, I mean, or just is kind of safe, you know, to be mediocre. Just takes the original melody and just changes the song slightly, maybe reimagines it with the remixing artist's style, you know, this is passable if it sounds good. You know, maybe it's good. But I think it's kind of a waste of that opportunity to do something great. And this is my segue into why I, what I think makes remixes good. But uh, I think that just taking a remix and being like, I'm just going to imagine this from how it would sound as if I made the song. is You know, you could do a lot more. I think that's bad passing at best. Maybe good. But... You know, I think we'll leave it at that for now. All right, so let's take a break, uh, and then we'll be right back and talk about why remixes are good. And this is one of my favorite remixes. I still listen to this remix a lot. It is Glitbiter's remix of Lifeform Detected by FaceX Hugger. Also, the intro song was Street Cleaner's remix of Lifeform Detected. I also like, but I like Glitbiter's a lot more. I love this remix, so enjoy. It's going to be a little bit longer, 
and will BRB with right why remixes can be good or how not why how and why I'd whatever You guys skipped that song. I'm mad. Okay, I love that song. You should listen. Do you guys honestly listen to the music? I don't want to know. Actually, listen. I'm just gonna pretend everyone listens to every song I play. You know, and I, you know, I know you guys are probably skipping most. Whatever. Let's not get sidetracked. Um, all my listeners are loyal. Uh, so let's talk about remixes. Good. What I think makes them good. Uh, you might not be entirely surprised to find out that what I think makes a remix good is the opposite of what I think makes a remix bad. Yes, my logic is very, very, very linear. Um, let's start again. Captures original essence of a song, right? I talked about Perturbator's... Ugh, I almost said crappy. Perturbator's dislikable Halloween remix. Uh, but again, I'm going to play it again, but this time... I'm going to juxtapose it by a Halloween remix that I absolutely phenomenally love by Hexencraft. So listen to the difference in atmosphere. Don't listen to how they, like, if you think they're good or not. What reminds you of the Halloween theme, the suspense, the horror, the creepiness? Holy crap, Michael Myers is coming for me. Which one reminds you? You decide for yourself.
I know I'd let that play for a little bit longer than I usually let, <clears throat> excuse me, I usually let uh, clips play for, but I wanted you to really get a, a listen for the Halloween theme, like to really let it build up a bit more. I mean, for me, the difference in atmosphere is night and day, uh, pun kind of intended. But also, and I think it's a phenomenal remix because <clears throat> you can tell it's a remix. Like it has not higher BPM, like the melody's the same pace, but it has more layers, it has more going on, you can tell that it's just something different. It's made by Hexencraft. I think that remix is phenomenal. It keeps the original atmosphere, it keeps the creepiness, it sounds amazing, it just does everything. It's just great, and it's just spooky. It's spooky as hell. You can still play that for your Halloween party next year, or you can go back in time and play it for your Halloween party this year if you have that, that capacity, you know? If you do, then, you know, please don't abuse that ability. But... I mean, guys, Perturbator, I don't care. This remix in my book, Hex and Crafts remix in my book, blows that Perturbator's one out of the water. You know, it's, it's just no, there's no comparison, for really, for me. All right, so moving on, uh, let's talk about remixes that capture the sound of the, or melody of the original song. Uh, you know, it's, like I said, it's critical that you do, and if you don't, then you're not remixing a song. You're just doing something different. So this really has to hit the nail on the head. Also, like I mentioned earlier, side note, I believe it's important for your remix to, if you can, start out immediately with something that lets people know it's your remix. Um, or at least in like the first five or 10 seconds, you know, don't really waste too much time. Um, so then when someone listens to it, they can be like, oh, you know, this was made by Cheese Master T-Rex, my favorite Jurassic synth artist, you know. They just know. It's easy, quick. So here's, uh, going back to Katana Zero, I don't know why I made that joke, but I did. Maybe Jurassic synth will be a thing. I don't know what it would sound like, but whatever. Here's a remix of one of my favorite jokes. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know where these jokes come from. They just, like, pop in my brain and I write them down or I just say them, you know. I don't know. I can't explain them. Don't ask me where I come up with these jokes, because I don't even know, frankly. But uh, here's a remix of possibly one of my favorite songs of 2019. It's You Will Never Know by Bill Kiley from the Katana Zero OST. And then uh, Ludowick's remix following immediately. I'll talk about them more afterwards, but just pay attention to how Ludowick's remix captures the original melody, but in his own style.
Now, Ludowick's music is really kind of not really ambient. Like, it's not like like vaporwave ambient, but it's kind of chill. It is kind of ambient, but it's still a bit hype. You know, like it's like Third District. That was one of his songs. It's you know, it's kind of it's got that chillness to it for sure, but it's kind of hype. That's the best way I can describe it. Um, and I think he does a really, really good job of sticking to his style here. Like it's a very chill song, but he gives the song the melody and the kick that it needs. He puts in those notes and I think it just is a great representation of how to maintain a previous melody, but really take the song down to your level and your own style. And it's just, it's basically, you will never know, but a chill version. And I think it's phenomenal. I was very, very anxious to listen to this remix because I was afraid it was gonna be bad, which would make me sad because I love the song Death and I love Ludwig's music. But this, I think this remix is phenomenal. Um, and I would argue really that good remixes look at a song imagine it from a new perspective like this song does introduce something brand new and exciting all while doing everything else that was previously mentioned correctly and i would actually go on to argue that the best remixes are better than the original song and feel and or sound or everything previously mentioned they take a song and literally bring it to the next level by doing something new and innovative I'm not saying that this song does this, this remix does this, but I think that's the, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that's the hallmark of a, of a, an A or S tier remix is taking a, a, an original song and saying, I can do something better. I can elevate this song. All the while not breaking any of the previous kind of rules or boundaries that are set. I think it's a phenomenal feat to be able to do that. And I have massive respect for artists that remix songs well um, another remix another example of a uh, song that does that and perhaps my favorite remix of all time is Michael Oakley's remix of Scandroids Afterglow I think Afterglow is a relatively kind of a dull song like it's kind of you know whatever but Michael Oakley just brings this fire he brings this flair it's a it's a brand new song and I just love this remix of death so here we go, um, and I want to play this song in the background because I love this song to death. But here we go, Afterglow, original verse, Michael Oakley, Orig instrumental by the way. I'm really not a fan of Scandroid's vocals, just to put that out there.
I think Mike Oakley's remix is phenomenal because it kind of takes Afterglow and says, nah, I'm going to raise the bar. I'm going to I'm gonna give it some fire, some energy, some power, some oomph, whatever. How many other syllables, not syllables, synonyms you want to call it, give out, whatever, English. So, and I love that remix to death, you know. I am biased because, as I said, I, I'm not a massive fan of Scandroid's music, but I feel like Afterglow is just kind of like a meh song. It's okay. You know, like, for something that's supposed to sound kind of upbeat, it just doesn't. That's a better way of putting it. But then Michael Oakley's is like, nah, I got, the, I got the heat, I got the fire, and he brings it. You know, it delivers, and it still sounds so much like Afterglow. Uh, so... That's my take on remixes, what uh, I think makes them difficult, what I don't like, what I like. Uh, we're going to wrap up this talk on remixes now with something a little bit different about how artists can use them to gain notoriety, reach new audiences, and even network. Yes, networking. Very exciting topic. I know all you introverts love. Me included, actually. I'm kind of introverted. Um... So let's say, for example, start with remixing a song by a bigger artist, such as Scandroid, can help you reach a larger audience by utilizing their platform. Don't think of it as, I know a lot of artists are very humble, and being humble is a very good thing, but don't think of it as taking advantage, right? You're not taking advantage of people by, you know, doing a really big, doing a remix for a huge artist like Scandroid or ghost or whoever and then them putting out there no you are putting time and effort and you could be spending on literally anything else or a different song into a remix and then they are choosing to publicize that for you if they like it or not okay don't think of it as taking advantage of someone or you know like i'm just mooching off of all their hard work you know they these artists that are big and popular they you can assume they have a high bar, a higher bar, as the more popular you get. Like, it's a fair assumption. And if they're using your remix, it means you did a really good job. So set the bar high for yourself, and it can have really big dividends, right? It can get you serious attention. Literal example of how this has happened. Battlejuice, kind of a small artist. Some of you may know. I've talked about him in the past few episodes a little bit. Uh, when I first found him on Spotify, all of his songs had under a thousand plays. He was kind of a, non, a no one, right? But he had some really good music. I was like, this guy's really underrated. I love his dark synth, especially Berserker. I'm definitely going to play that song later on. Um, I was just like, he, this guy needs to get discovered. And then, lo and behold, he remixes Scandroid's Aphelion, which I actually love that song to death. I think Aphelion's a phenomenal song. But he remixes Aphelion, and boom, this guy, who all of his songs had under 1,000 plays, he gets 25,000 plays in like a month or something? I don't remember how long exactly. But 25,000 is a lot for an artist of that, you know, lack of caliber. I can't think of the right word right now. So it does, it can work, and it does work. It's worth doing. Now, it could be a waste of time, because they might not, they might be like, we don't like your remix, or we don't want to use it for whatever reason. So... Uh, you know, it's not guaranteed to work, but it can pay off really well if uh, to remix a popular artist song or an art, not a pop yeah a popular artist with a big name to uh, get your name out there. Um, especially Battle Juices was so good. They did a Skendra did an Aphelion remix like contest, and his was listed at the top 
of the album was because it was so good. I loved it compared to the other ones. Still love that song, Death. Um, side note, though, I don't recommend remixing super famous songs such as Turbo Killer or Future Club. I'm talking about like S-tier songs because, as I said, the, the goal of remix really should be to improve upon a song, and songs of this caliber are basically perfect. I don't like using the P word because I don't believe anything can be perfect. I don't believe a song can be perfect. But these songs are so damn close. I think remixing them, I mean improving them is kind of basically impossible. Incredibly ludicrously challenging. Um, so I don't really think it's going to be worth the effort, you know. But with great risk comes great reward as they and I say. It's a question of ultimately whether or not you think a remix of a larger artist is worth your time and creative energy as an artist. You could be putting that energy somewhere else, you know, or you could be remixing a smaller song. It's up to you entirely. Uh, but if, or if you think it'd be fun, then do it, you know, but just, you know, be ready for with great risk comes great reward. Just be ready for that. Um, you can also use remixes as a way to collab with other artists and network. I mentioned networking briefly. You can use this as a basis to form a professional relationship to break the ice with someone. You know, maybe there's an artist you like a lot. You think their music is great. You kind of admire them from a distance. Use net remixing as a way to extend a hand and say, hey, let's work on something. You're both creatives that like to work. You know, this, this relationship can grow if it is maintained. Professional relationship can grow if it is maintained or can develop into a friendship since you're both Artists and synthwave, presumably, it's a casual field. You know, music's kind of casual. So, you know, maybe you guys play at a concert or something and hang out, whatever. Um, and I'm going to go on a tangent here on networking. And because I think this is a topic, I cannot stress this topic enough with literally anyone I talk to about growth. I could spend a whole entire episode talking about this, and I will, because I think it's so damn important. But networking in a nutshell, guys, networking is king. Networking matters basically more than anyone else. If you're, it doesn't matter if you're a student, if you're trying to get a promotion, if you're a tiny artist in a tiny scene called Synthwave, if you're just trying to expand or grow or achieve something higher, if you have aspiration, networking is the way to do it. The maximum I'm sure all of you have heard at some point, it's not what you know, it's who you know. It's cliche, but it's true. In my personal life, I will tell you that networking has done me immense amounts of good. And I'm sure it's done all of you good at some point too, right? And then though there's the giant can of worms. How do you network properly? How do you network improperly? I think networking is an art. I think social communication is a book of arts. Networking is one of them. Um, and like I said, it's an immense topic. But basically, if I could boil it down into something, I would say the best kind of networking is very slow and very genuine, you know. Um, like I said, break the ice with someone through something, a remix, talking with them, you know, a mutual interest. Hey, we're both dark synth artists. We're both pop wave artists, you know, and then grow that over time, genuinely, you know, if there's stuff to talk about, you don't have to force it, but when this comes, I like, when you're building this kind of friendship, this repertoire, and then later on you get an idea, oh, 
let's work on a remix together. Oh, or hey, I'm gonna be performing. You know, you wanna like be my co-performer backup dude. I don't know, whatever. Have an idea, and it's just so much easier to have these things. Like they would always tell us in college, make connections before you need them. You know, like just establish these kind of relationships and build them up over time. So that you don't feel fran- you're not frantically rushing. Oh my God, I need a remix for my album, and I don't have anyone I can reach out to. I'm just gonna cold email a bunch of people. Someone m- might help you. I'm sure people are nice. Uh, people are definitely are nice here, and someone might help you. But if you already have those connections established, you can be like, Oh, this guy I know. He's dependable. He's trustworthy. He makes music I like. Let me reach out to him. Um, and last thing I'm gonna say on this is I know. For introverts and very shy people, networking is really, really difficult. I know you don't want to reach out. You don't want to go out of your comfort zone. It's difficult. It's awkward. It's painful. I've been there. You know, all of my friends in real life, they know me. They knew me as being incredibly shy. They don't want to go out. I don't want to go out of my comfort zone. But I forced myself. I'm being personal here. I'm being completely honest, guys. I wanted to get into politics and government before. And... Anyone in D.C. in that field knows that if you do not network, you will not get a good job. It is literally that simple. And you have to have a bachelor's degree. But it's that simple. So I put on my suit and I went to these crappy, you know, networking events where people stand around and drink and talk about stuff I could care less about. You know, in hindsight, I hated all that. But at the time, I wanted to do it. So I forced myself and I got more social and I got better. And I realized there's really nothing to be afraid of. Teaching yourself that your fears are irrational is a critical part of overcoming them. This is just a fact of life. You know, you have these irrational fears, and now I'm really going on a tangent, but you have to overcome these rational fears. If you're afraid of talking to people, the only way to overcome this fear is talking with them. And I think social uh, social skills are only learned through action. You can't just listen to me or listen to 10 TED Talks and get better. You just have to go and practice it and teach yourself that you're really, there isn't much to be afraid of. Or maybe you do have some fears, but teach yourself that you can overcome them if you just work hard enough and get some good advice. <sighs> I don't know, guys. I've been getting a lot of messages from artists and I'm getting the feeling that a lot of artists are very introverted and socially awkward. And that does worry me. Why? Because I don't think that you guys... And, you know, I love, I love being honest. I don't think that you guys are being open enough and are collaborating enough with each other. I just don't. I want to see every single artist reach their maximum potential. I want to see you as a person... Yes, you as a person, push your boundaries and do something that you didn't think was possible because I want you to prove to yourself that you can because I did for myself and it's one of the best damn feelings in the world, right? And I want you guys to make some better freaking music. (laughs) Not to say your music is bad. Obviously, I love you guys' music to death. But collaboration leads, it opens up a million cans of worms and I don't like worms, but you got to open up some cans. You know, maybe there'll be good worms. So that's all I wanted to say, like five minutes of tangent, but I don't like going on tangents, but I think that tangent is really important, and I'm glad I got that off my chest. If you guys, you know, I might not, I'm not going to do an episode networking for a few months, so if you want to pick my brain more, or if you're shy, please reach out to me privately on on Twitter. I will talk to you about it, you know. In any case, um, 
remixes. Yes, this is an episode on remixing, by the way. Lastly, you can have other remix, other artists remix your songs and send them out during off seasons. So if you re you remix, you send out an album, and then you have like, well, I got like six whatever months before my next album or EP or whatever. I gotta maybe I want to give some people, give my listeners something to listen to. You can just have some artists remix something for you and then send it out and be like, hey, here's something to keep you guys a little busy, you know. I think it's a fair strategy. Do you have to do it? I don't know. I think for a small artist, it's probably a little bit better uh, because, it, you know, you got to build up your base. I think giving out more, giving more music is good, though ultimately, I'm going to contradict myself a little bit. I think quality is always better than quantity. I, I so much prefer quality over quantity. So, it's a question of can you push out enough quality music, you know, here and there. That's up to you. That's up to you. It's a juggling act. Whatever you think is best for your uh, artistic career. Uh, but that's my two cents on that. Uh, and lastly, use remixes. This is the actual last point. Use remixes to tap audiences outside of Synthwave. Uh, remixing something from pop culture... And then throw it out on social media and see what see if it bites. Maybe it goes viral uh, because it's a really good way to get people's attention. You know that aren't in the synthwave scene. Uh, example: Droid Bishop did a remix of the theme of the video game Last of Us, which I thought was pretty solid. Uh, I haven't gotten around to playing the game. I don't have an Xbox, uh, but I thought it was a really good remix. And I did listen to the original theme. I like it a lot. It sounds like Droid Bishop. It sounds like the original theme. It sounds really damn good. Uh, but, you know, stuff like that can go viral. It can. It can go viral. Not saying it will, but it can. And then, harken back to my... Oh, harken. I'm getting fancy now. Go back to my episode on uh, on artist branding, episode 4, where I talked about people can hear your music in a medium and then immediately love you. This is a way for people to find you and then actually get into Synthwave. You know, all you gotta do is inject someone once with the Synthwave and then they're stuck, basically. Or it dies out in a few years. Let's not think about that, though. Uh, Alright, but that's it. Remixing. I've said everything I wanted to say. Uh, the tangent was a bit longer than I anticipated, but there we go, guys. Alright, it's time for the last five. The last five-ish minutes of the episode where I update you guys on any... Big announcements, uh, new releases in the past week or upcoming releases that have been announced, and uh, answer questions or stuff that's accumulated on the Twitterverse. First and foremost, the big announcement. I will not uh, delay anymore. Guys, I have the immense pleasure of announcing that Synthopsis is going live. Yes, you heard me correctly. Synthopsis is going live on Nightride FM. Yes. I'm going live on Nightride FM every Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Central Time, provided I do not get stuck in my parents' place for a weekend or something else does not happen. Hopefully, <laughs> that would really suck. But that's that's what's going on. Um, you know, you can tune in and listen to, like you listen to any other show on Nightride FM. And if you don't, please do. Nightride FM is awesome. Uh, they have a lot of great stuff. I'm actually legitimately enjoying a lot of the stuff going on. But, uh... Two of the guys in charge, uh, Vasto and Z, reached out to me and they asked if I wanted to do it. And of course, my answer was yes. So, Synthops is going to be live. What does that mean? 
Now some of you might be freaking out because this is supposed to be a podcast and I said that things would never change. What does this mean? It means that the style will not change. My music choice will not change. I have basically liberty to play whatever I want, so we're good. Uh, Night Rider FM will not be impeding my creative process, so I will still be able to just turn out whatever I want. Basically, they said, just do your damn podcast live. You know, don't change anything, just do it live here. So, nothing is changing. The only thing that changes, really, is that you get to listen to me talk out of my ass live. Like, you know, what's better than that? There is a chat. Um, but I still want Synth Options to be a podcast, so I will not be interacting with live chat much. I will not have it open. Maybe if someone makes a really good point or a really funny comment, I might read it out and then add it in. But I'm not going to be interacting with it constantly. If you're familiar with Twitch, you know, like, streamers are always, good streamers are always interacting with their chats. It's not going to be like that. I'm still going to be basically going off my script with the same off-the-cuff stuff. It's going to be the exact same um, it's just gonna be live, and then and then that will be, that file will be uploaded to uh, all the platforms that the podcast would be. So think of it as you, now you have the opportunity to hear Synthopsis live, basically, on Nightwide FM. So that's that. That's the big announcement. I hope you guys are excited. I'm very very excited. Um, and then a new mic, the other announcement, new mic is hopefully coming, so I'll have it in time for the next episode. I really, really hope I can get that to work, because that would be phenomenal. Um, new releases. Uh, album Guardian by Adviction Stride is out. It is 15 tracks. Faith in the Glitch, Church of Broken Data. Uh, I think it's called that. was released about a week ago. Uh, A.G.E. I don't know if that's actually pronounced age or not. New Church of the Stars EP releasing December 6th. Gregorio Franco Final Fantasy 7 selected works on Bandcamp. It's like 35 songs or something. It's nuts. Uh, it's, some it's pretty solid. I haven't been able to listen to all of it, but I like it. Uh, again, remixing. Just talked about a lot. Miles Matrix Android Anonymous album was out. Pretty good. Ace Buchanan Come Alive. Pretty good. Power Nord album question mark. I'm really good at keeping and updating notes. Paradigm Remix, didn't put the name. I'm really good, sorry Paradigm. Uh, Low Poly Exception Album is out today. Uh, and the User Album Influence coming out December 15th. Um, that's all I got. But yeah, a lot of stuff happening. A lot of cool shenanigans going on. Uh, next week's, I don't have anything to say in terms of uh, comments or questions or anything from Twitter. Uh, next week's episode is going to be fun. <laughs> Especially since it's going to be live. We are going to be doing our first quote-unquote interview. I'm going to be... It's not an interview. I'm going to be talking with Wraithwalker. Yes, I'm going to be doing my first... I call them... I have to just make everything complicated and come up with fancy names. But it's an out-rundown. Think about that term. It's an out rundown with Wraithwalker. It's like a casual conversation. We're going to talk about stuff. I'm going to make him awkward. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to be live too. So it's going to be the first live episode and the first out rundown with Wraithwalker. Uh, but yeah, it's not an issue. I'm not going to sit down and ask a million questions because that's, you know, those are kind of boring. This is not CNN. You know, we're going to have fun. We're going to make it good. So tune into that 8 p.m. EST or listen to whatever the hell you want podcast 
Um, but that should be a lot of fun. I am very much looking forward to it. Very much. So, I don't have anything else on my schedule right now. I mean, on my script. Thank you guys so much for listening. I am I literally actually was not able to sleep at all last night for some reason. I wanted to, but I just couldn't. Very, very odd phenomenon. I'm exhausted right now. So, thank you everyone for listening. I love you all. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me talk about remixing and synthwave. I hope you enjoyed it. If you have any comments, questions, feedback, whatever, let me know. If you're an artist and you want me to take a listen to your stuff or whatever, you have questions, want to pick my brain, feel free to. I'm here for you guys. Stay safe and uh, tune in next week, Night Red FM. Um, it's going to be great. It better be great. It'll be awesome. Peace out. Two things I forgot to mention. One quick shout out to my brother who helped me come out with the Outrun Down term. Uh, love you, bro. And the outro song here is one of my favorite remixes also. It is Unhappy Woman by Perturbator. No, Perturbator's remix of Unhappy Women by Woman. Let's try again. Dead Astronauts, they made a song called Unhappy Woman. Perturbator remixed it. Here is the remix. I love it very much. Have a great one. Bye. Explode. Mounds of ruin 
Does anyone actually listen to the outro song? No, no, no one does.